Hello, everyone. We are beginning a three-part series on prayer. Why prayer? Because we're living through a situation that requires us to pray. We are duty-bound to pray, and it's no longer an option for us. It is necessary. If we don't pray, we will be guilty of not living up to our responsibility as a Christian. If you are attentive to the message today taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 through 14, I'm sure that you will agree with what the Lord spoke to me today through his word, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, the word of the Lord says, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Christians have two lifelines. One is prayer, and the other is the Word of God. Prayer is the way that we communicate with the Father. The Word of God is the way we correctly and effectively communicate with the Father. The Lord is looking for those who can look beyond themselves and pray for the needs of others, the healing of this nation that we live in, and the world. We're living in a time of great confusion and division. It's hard to fathom how those we look to for direction to lead this nation are bickering and fighting amongst themselves and doing all kinds of ungodly things. There's so much division and confusion in the land until we hardly know what to think. Many of us have drawn our own conclusions, but then the question becomes, are we right? Whether we realize it or not, all of this shows the condition of our nation. Those who were elected are not the only ones divided. It was our vote that shows how divided we really are. Isn't it strange how we are just beginning to see with clear eyes that we as Christians are very much divided? Even we have a conservative wing and a liberal wing as well. God doesn't, but we do. I would even dare to say that some Christians vote based on abolishing Roe versus Wade and gay rights as conservatives, and others vote based on big government and liberal social issues. My question is this. Are we voting for our own personal beliefs and desires, or are we standing on the Word of God and voting for what's best for us as children of God and for our nation? Can we set our hearts to ask God to help us to vote for the healing of a nation? As we begin to look beyond our own needs and recognize the needs of others, we are positioning ourselves for a prayer of intercession. You remember Abraham, don't you? He prayed that God would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, not only for the purpose of saving Lot and his family, but also for any righteous person's that might be found there. Moses pleaded with the Lord not to destroy Israel after they had made a golden calf 
and after God had brought them out of Egypt with his mighty power. The Lord called them stiff-necked and was going to destroy them. He told Moses, I will make you a great nation. Moses continued to intercede on behalf of the Israelites, and the Lord did not destroy them. We as citizens of this great nation, the United States, are a people divided. Our division and our vote almost always fall along basic party lines. It's either a vote for Democrats, which favor labor and minority, or it's a vote for Republicans, which favor the rich and big business. I would like to suggest to you today that we are a nation in trouble, in need of an intercessor. We have children killing children. At what age do we begin to teach our children lessons on self-esteem and good conduct? How can anyone live in the same home and the only form of communication would be by way of email? Can you imagine? We have a criminal justice system that is out of control. Why do we as a nation execute people for crimes that they did not commit? Why are so many nations on edge? Why are we always on the verge of war? Why are we at the point of tensions surrounding nuclear war? And now there is pestilence in the land, the coronavirus. Pestilence means a virus or an epidemic or an infectious disease that has spread throughout the land, and in this case, throughout the world. Do we have an allegiance to our country? How many of you remember the Pledge of Allegiance when there were large gatherings of people in a room where a flag was present? Most of us that are known as the silent generation or baby boomers remember when we were kids. We had to say it every morning in school before class started. For those of you that have forgotten, let me refresh your memory. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let me try to bring some clarity to this pledge so that you can get a better understanding of where I'm going. I know some of you are wondering, what does this have to do with prayer? When you pledge your allegiance to something, that means that you're pledging your complete devotion or loyalty to it. This is the same thing that we do when we make our confession of faith. We are acknowledging Jesus as our Lord and Savior and surrendering our life completely to him. We are pledging our devotion and our allegiance to him. The flag is a symbol of the United States of America in which we live. So it means that we are pledging our allegiance to this nation. Under the old covenant, the rainbow that came up after the flood was a symbol. It symbolized that God would not destroy the earth by water anymore. Another symbol was the circumcision of all male children eight days after birth under the old covenant which started with Abraham. It symbolized the covenant promise that the Lord made with him. Under the new covenant, we have the cross, which symbolizes the suffering and the crucifixion 
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All of these are symbols that represent something of great significance in our lives and have real spiritual and natural meaning. The flag represents the United States. The rainbow and circumcision represents God's promise to his people, and the cross represents the suffering and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. The republic means a government in which supreme power resides in a body of citizens entitled to vote and is exercised by elected officers and representatives responsible to the citizens to govern according to law. My brothers and sisters, I want you to hear me clearly. As Christians, the only real vote that we have as citizens whose home resides in heaven is for Jesus Christ. The Bible clearly tells us individually and collectively that we have a vote by way of a choice. In the book of Joshua, God tells us to choose whom we will serve. When we vote for Jesus, he becomes our representative. He represents us before the Father, and he is honest, and he is true. As a matter of fact, he sits right there with the Father, interceding for us and speaking to the Father on our behalf. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, that our citizenship is in heaven and that we should eagerly await a Savior from there, which is the Lord. You remember in John 14 when Jesus said that he was going to prepare a place for us so that where he is, we may be also. He meant heaven. Our United States is in heaven. And guess what? The only way that we are going to make it is by being united. The republic or government stands for one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If we look at it as we should from a Christian perspective, with the view that our citizenship is in heaven, we know full well that this is not a nation that is still under God and indivisible with respect to how this nation has taken on a life of its own. This nation is governed by its own ruthless ways that does not have a whole lot to do with God. Sometimes we wonder if it has anything to do with God. We paddle our own canoes instead of letting God take the helm of the ship. God has been taken out of almost everything in this country, and it has become a much divided nation. We need healing in the land. We hear Jesus speaking to us in the Gospel of Matthew saying, Every kingdom or nation divided against itself shall be destroyed, and every city and or household divided against itself shall not stand. If we look at it from an African-American perspective, many of us do not believe that there is or ever has been liberty and justice for all in these United States. We as Christians have to live in this world until the Lord calls us home, and whatever affects the sinner affects the saint. We need to pray for a healing. We as the people of God have a responsibility to obey the word of God as it relates to the nation that we live in on this side of heaven. You remember how Peter responded to his leaders in the book of Acts when they were told not to preach the gospel 
He said this, we ought to obey God rather than man. This leads me to my next point, which may really be my first point. Prayer is the order of the day. The scripture text says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 tells us what to do when we live in a nation that has lost its way and has seemingly turned to everything but God for direction. As Christians, we should always be compelled to pray. Unfortunately, many of us wait until our backs are up against the wall. Then the question becomes, how do we pray? This prayer is a prayer of intercession, not only for our nation, but also for one another and for the world. Intercession simply defined means to stand before the Lord and seek him on behalf of others. We call it standing in the gap. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 gives us five prerequisites or basic requirements that we must adhere to before we can get our prayers answered. Number one, we have to belong to him. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The first step to getting our prayers answered is being a child of God. Although I must interject that God is a sovereign God and he can answer whoever he desires to answer. Number two, humble ourselves. Humility in the simplest term is letting the Lord have complete control. When we humble ourselves, we are releasing all of our wants, desires, and aspirations and allowing the Lord to have his way in our life completely. Humility will say, Lord, I'm willing to give up what I want for the sake of your will being accomplished in my life and the life of others. The third requirement is prayer. We must always be in an attitude of prayer. If we don't pray, we certainly can't receive answers. If we don't have time to pray, we can't stand in the gap for anyone. The questions are, can we be found when it's time to stand in the gap? Or do we only have time for ourselves? Will we take as long as it is necessary to pray for our cities, our household, and our nation? And are we willing to pray until we get a breakthrough? The fourth requirement is that we seek his face. This simply means that we don't stop praying until we enter into his presence. The word tells us to seek the Lord's face always. Pray without ceasing. And finally, the fifth prerequisite or requirement. Turn from our wicked ways. Sin is the number one hindrance to answered prayer. Unrepented sin will cause the Lord to close his ears. If my people, number one, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, number two, 
and pray, number three, and seek my face, number four, and turn from their wicked ways, number five. Then, the Lord says, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. With the society that we live in today and with all of the many things that we see and encounter that are out of sync with the will and the purpose of God, we need to always keep ourselves in a position to get a prayer through. When we enter into a prayer of intercession, we are warring against the very forces of evil to loose someone from the evil one's grip. Only this time, we are talking about a nation. God's word tells us that whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. The Lord promises to forgive us and to heal our land if we follow his guidelines. All of our families have been touched by the evils of this society, but we have been called to make a difference. Will we be the people that the Lord is speaking to when he says, I looked for a man or a woman among them who would stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found none? Or will we be like Isaiah when the Lord said, Whom will I send and whom will go for us? Will our response be like that of Isaiah's? saying, Here am I, Lord, send me. Many of us have children who are out there in the streets, letting the evil one govern their lives. As parents and adults, we have to release them at a certain age, but we must never stop praying and bombarding heaven on their behalf. We should not only be praying for our children, but for all the other children and young adults who have no one to stand before the Lord on their behalf and we should also be standing in the gap for one another. Some of us find it hard to believe that God will not only hear, but answer our prayers, but he will. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Here is the question. Are we ready, willing, and able to stand in the gap for our cities, our nations, and our household? Are we able to stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters in the Lord? Are we ready to stand in the gap for the world? Are we willing to continue to bombard heaven for what we want, even when we're criticized and ridiculed for our constant pleading? When people tell us it don't take all that, Can we continue to be steadfast in our prayer life? If the answer is yes, then I would say that we're not only willing, but we are well able to stand in the gap. This concludes the message for today. Stay tuned for part two.